Welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of C's candy, San Francisco psychology, tequila, sneaker collecting, and so much more with today's guest, Mr. Jaime Salas, the national brand ambassador for William Grant & Sons Milagro Tequila. We sat down and chatted at Luster Pearl East here in Austin, Texas. He was spreading some Milagro gospel previously at La Condesa, and I caught him just as he was on his way out of town. And today is National Tequila Day, and what better time to talk tequila, talk psychology, and talk about growing up as a Mexican-American in San Francisco with lots of interesting nuances therein. So, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Milago Tequila's Jaime Salas. Although my tequila collection almost has me out of the house and home. Um, Not it's, bad. Yeah, it's, it's big. Um, and my shoe collection is just as bad. To tell you that I had to purchase its own like closet just for sneakers. But that's yeah. what happens. That's what happens. One Saturday morning, I've accumulated a great collection of Nike sneakers. SBs for me because I'm a punk rock kid, skateboarder, right? Okay. Don't look good in high tops necessarily. My wife had to buy a shoe rack. She surprised. That was the gift. Yeah. Normally, it's like, hey, we're gonna go to Mexico. We're gonna go to New Orleans. This time around, I was a fucking shoe rack. Yeah. It was like, here, get organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get your shit out of my way. Yeah. Just kind of tighten it up, just right. a little bit. So uh, yeah. So you know, you mentioned Nike. I'm a Nike. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shoe fanatic, uh, particularly sneakers. And uh, I know my way around a sneaker collection so much so that <laughs> I say sneakers now because. So Nike is one of my favorite brands. Yeah. Um, I'm old school, I guess, in that regard, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I've had Pumas, Adidas. Right. I was a b-boy at one point in my no life. shit. And so I, I, love, uh, I love that, what, what it means for me. But I think consistently yeah. throughout sort of my life, um, yeah, it's been, because, you know, you mentioned, like, we, my cousins and I, you know, we rode bikes as kids, right? We skated as kids. Hell yeah. So, so for me, it was, depending on what I was doing, that's what, I, that's what I've sort of, sort of uh was drawn to so yeah. nike's constant um i do love high tops do I you like i high look tops? okay in high tops okay good, good. i like them um my favorite shoe is probably the air max original the one oh, man. i do like um but you know i'm also from cali so i love my vans yeah. i like so yeah so i have some collectibles and then i have um some stuff and now that i'm older you know and i go for things that are more functional yeah. but that are still cool so I, it's what I mean by I know my way around it. Now I, you know, I go, I'll dress up a suit with sneakers. Yeah. But I, so yeah, I guess tr- I'm a true blue sneaker head all the way around. But that's, that's, so here's the interesting thing. Tequila, so I, oddly enough, I collect sneakers and I collect bottles. For me, it's mezcal, obviously some tequila, bourbon, all this, right? For a pair of sneakers, how much is too much to spend? It's a great the, question, right? Because the yeah. same question could be had for tequila or, or right, mezcal. Yeah. You know, you talk about your... So I love agave distillates. I started with tequila for sure, but um, it was more prevalent. It was more, obviously, it was more readily available. Mezcal has been my latest obsession, and that, by yeah. far, on the average, you know, exceeds yeah, average bottle of tequila. 
I would say, oh God, this is a horrible question. No, I think it's a great question because I've, I'm sure we're both on that same level. We're like, no, it's not too much for You know what? It depends on the maker, the function of the sneaker. For example, a dressy cool sneaker that I can get away with to wear up and down. Yeah. I might spend a little bit more money on right. than say a resell of a collectible Jordan. We write, you know what I mean? Which is... Yeah, probably sold for one twenty five, right. but now is being resold for four fifty. Um, I'm gonna be the guy who's gonna be like, no, I'm gonna get it at one twenty five, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Um, but I then will spend. Oh god, my coworkers already know the answer to this and probably gonna hate me if they hear it. Uh, I'll, I yeah, I've been known to spend. Oh god, just to, I got I got it. I've been known to spend twelve hundred thirteen. Fuck, that's good though. I so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I haven't done that on sneakers yet because I feel like yeah. you clean them okay. And so I'll buy yeah. them kind of ratty. But and, and the, the sad part is that the average for like a high end, like a luxury sneaker is probably like 600. Man. And that in itself, most people go, I, I've, you know, people who've talked to me scoff at it and think, wow. And I get it. I, I know oh, how it I sounds. Totally, yeah. I hear myself say it. Um, I don't do it as often now. Um, I cringe at spending $300 for a bottle of mezcal. Yeah. You know, but, um, but it happens. It does, man. <laughs> yeah, but it, it I mean, happens. They're great experiences. Sometimes you deserve these things, you know? Treat I think so. Every now and, and you know what? Then. I think we all work very hard. Um, yeah. My priorities are intact. You know, I, I know where and when. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my family's very important to me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a provider to them. I, I want to ensure that I lead a quality life and one that I can be proud of. And, and those things, to your point, I, I do see that way. I see, them yeah. as, I see them as tokens. And it's something that we know is fleeting. I know it's just a thing. Um... But it's more if they than burn that. down, yeah, my apartment were to burn down, God forbid, today I wouldn't cry over it. To yeah. be quite honest, sure, uh, I'm at that point in life. But I do appreciate the hard work I put into what I do, uh, the conviction with, with which I do it with. And if I want to treat myself to something, I will, yeah. you know. And I typically, I typically don't regret it because I just feel like what's the point in regretting it? And there's no anyway, time for that. There's no. There really isn't time for that. And I think what's happened in life, what what I've been through, what I've experienced, both. The ups and the downs, the goods and the bads, I think have all led me to that point. So, yeah, I'll treat myself to it. You're not paying for it. So, what is it? What's what, the matter what to business you? is it of yours? Yeah. Um, you'll also be the first to compliment me on them, right? But Absolutely. let me let me have that moment. It's me. And so, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's all very subjective. I you think know? so too. And you're a well-established person with a beautiful career. So this is how I like to structure some of these chats, William Grant and Sons, folks like. Again, I'm running out of you because I've met with so many of you and got to explore your lives. It's brilliant. And now we're going to talk about Milagro. The thing is, though, the way I'd like to do this, so we've got three marks, right? We've got the Blanco, the Repo, and then the Añejo, right? Great. So what I'd like to do is use these to punctuate different chapters in your life. That's how I'd like to structure this narrative. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. So I want to sip the Blanco because it's young. Yeah. It's uncharred. Yeah. Yeah. It's untainted. <laughs> untainted. It's youth. It's the beginning. Exactly. So it's a beautiful <laughs> metaphor yeah. for you growing up in San Francisco. Yes. So let's, I'll, I'll, or you can pour a little bit in this and we'll sip and we'll talk about what it was like to grow up in San yeah. Francisco. Let me pour you a little bit of our Milagro Silver. The flagship. The yeah. flagship of the portfolio here. Nice, crisp. Slightly vegetal. Beautiful. The only bottle that I finished with my stepfather in recent memory. Very nice. <laughs> no, like some fruity quality. Speaks of Mexico and it speaks to, so that's a good segue to, uh, to me, I suppose. And uh, 
my roots, my young roots. Salud. Salud. Cheers. And where I started. Um, sort of my life's journey, I suppose. Yeah, so my mother migrated to Mexico, to, uh, sorry, to San Francisco. From where? Uh, from, from Mexico, from, from Jalisco. From Jalisco, no Yeah, kidding. and she, uh, she went out there. Half of her siblings were still back in Mexico. The other half decided to come out here and give it a try. Yeah. Um, she came out to San Francisco. Uh, I think I get my work ethic from her. Super yeah. hard worker. She started working. She worked at Seas Camp. Seas uh, Candy Seize Company, candy? yeah, oh, at one man. point, so which good. is pretty, very, iron, very yeah. ironic as well as iconic yeah. of San Francisco. If anyone knows Seas Candies, because it's like it's that thing, like not everyone knows people that know and appreciate it. Those right? suckers it's, are fucking yeah, yeah. Yes. peanut butter yeah. one. Oh, yes, it's yes. Not, it, I know it's not peanut butter. I think it's caramel, yeah, but I always equate oh, it to peanut butter. That's so it's, good. So my mom used to bring those home. Yeah, uh, which is one of my fondest memories of her. But uh, she came to the United States. Uh, I credit her with affording me the opportunity to. Uh, to grow here, I, I, I consider myself bicultural in every sense of the word. What's the other primary culture for well, you? Well, American, right? Yeah. I mean, technically, I'm Mexican-American. Yeah. Technically, right? Um, but growing up, I'm um, oh, sorry, and you probably meant like the other part is Mexican, I guess. So it's Mexican-American. F- purely by being born here from Mexican parents, it yeah. makes you Mexican-American. But when I say bicultural, I mean, I mean the duality of being raised in both countries at any given time and being influenced by both in such a very uh, inherent, intrinsic way that really helps to shape your outlook and your, you know, sort of yeah. your, 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 your perspective on life. And, you know, I, I consider myself more Mexican than I do uh, Chicano, which is another term sure. commonly used for someone who's Mexican-American who's being raised on this side of the border. Um, I love everything about Mexico. I love everything about my mom and what she embodied. Uh, about the culture and what she was proud of. And these are all things that I personally had the opportunity to experience back in Jalisco. So for me, uh, my dad is from Nayeri, was well, mm-hmm. from Nayeri, which is the northern, uh, uh, it's the state to the north, yeah. Jalisco, also an agave producing state. So growing up in San Francisco, I got very, I was very influenced by those guys. And obviously going back home or going back to Mexico, the motherland as I like to call it. Sure. Um, because being, grow- raised, being raised in Mexican, you, you never quite lose that. Um, no, well, and nor do you want to, in a sense, right? It's your no, very, it's, just, it's a pride, isn't it? It's a very point of pride. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's the same. I like to equate it to, and it's very interesting because um, it's that it's that you know, now living in the East Coast, for example, I, I'm now based in New York, and encountering that uh, Italian guy, right, yeah, who says, yeah. "Hey, man, I'm Italian," you know, and the minute you call him American, he's almost offended. It's like, come on, you're right, right. Italian American. Yeah, no, no, but I'm Italian. And I'm like, how many generations in are you? <laughs> he's like nine. And I'm like, but they don't lose that sense of right. pride, right? Latinos are the same way. Yeah. You know, Mexicans are the same way. More so, I think, when you've experienced that personally, right? So having been raised there, having been, having been raised part-time here, I think I got a sense for that. So growing up in San Francisco, one of the things I loved about it, um, I mean, San Francisco. It's this a hippie, bohemian stuff? spirit. But were you embracing that hippie spirit or were you punk rock and no. revolting against yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's funny because I think it did influence me. And I think it made me far more tolerant. Yeah. You know, I, in hindsight, it made me very tolerant to different people, different walks of life. You know, it's a city in its own right. It's a pin spot. It's a tiny little city. Right. I mean, most of the cities nestled up against the 
the north, you know, eastern part of the peninsula. It's a small city, but that's where we lived. We lived in the Mission, uh, which okay. is probably one of the most colorful areas. Oh, yeah. You go back now, I, it's hardly it's hardly recognizable to me. But back then, it was super Latino. You know, we used to shop on in La 24, which is 24th Street in Mission. And you'd go and you'd get your masa for your tamales and you'd yeah. get all these things. And the primary, you know, sort of influence around that area and, and cultures that were represented were were Peruvian, Central Americans, and Mexicans. So growing up in San Francisco was was very diverse. It was it was very cool. And I think it helped to set me up for like um, the people that I would later engage with and stuff. So um, it was cool. It was it was good. It was fun. Um, yeah, and it made me very tolerant towards other cultures and were you getting, nationalities so, and such. What do you do on a weekend? Like, what was the thing that you kind of San Francisco? Like to do? Yeah, for you. I mean, yeah, you well, go to the market. Yeah, stuff, so growing. I mean, you know. What you do is, well, we had, at the time we had family still there, so we would get together, we would hang out, we would go out and uh, enjoy the city as well as go out of the city. One of the benefits of San Francisco is where it's located. Yeah, right? it's not yeah. just San Francisco; it's California, right? It's the Bay Area. It's you go into the valley, you go into the rivers and the lakes, you go tubing and you go boating. Yeah. Um, it was those those types of things. Uh, but I think living in San Francisco, I think it's just the general uh, in and out of the city. You know, going out to buy tortillas and for your family whatever that in itself is an experience yeah. right um you know being able to recall what it's like to be in mexico is much smaller you know it's a town you you know you're dealing with with family members more often than not and and then to come out here and to like fend for yourself in a major city um gives you a very interesting perspective on yeah. life right and it gives you a duality in a sense for for what it is and it also helps to shape your introspect and sort of who you are right because being raised Mexican American, um, having an affinity for tequila, then not knowing that you're going to work in it, right. people are, go- are constantly asking you where you're from, you know, and 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 it's funny because I could have easily defaulted to a Mexican American to end the conversation, but I always egged them on because I always thought, well, why even ask me, you know, mm. that Italian American doesn't get asked that, yeah, right, right, right. But of course, I'm brown and I look. I don't look the part, perhaps. And so yeah. I get asked, where are you from? So growing up there was interesting. You know, I had English as a second language. In San Francisco, uh, in San Francisco uh, they had a lot of um, bilingual schools. My first school was bilingual. I um, First language was Spanish. So it was you're constantly being barraged by, like, where were you from, and et cetera, et cetera. Was, was it an abrupt change for you? Not necessarily a change, but was it a difficult culture shock to ultimately like kind of get immersed into white culture in a way, right? In a way it is, yeah, because you know, you're also put into a bubble to a degree that's oftentimes pierced yeah. right, in a shocking way, because what I mean is you have the mission, which is predominantly Latino, right. but then you have your differences between what you perceive to be like you, but then it turns out they're Peruvian and you don't really know quite know what that means, oh, man, but no they're kidding. different than you, right? Yeah. But then you engage in the food and you think, who cares? It's amazing. <laughs> right? And that's kind of how you grow up but again that exposes you to people and you become more tolerant you become more embracing at least i did uh, of all the differences and then you have the gentrification that happens you know i mean you have the person that comes in that you know does absolutely does um sort of pierce that and you think okay yeah we're not in kansas anymore you know different somewhere you're definitely somewhere else uh but you begin to acculturate and i think what you do is you take the best things of you the cultures what you assimilate and can relate to and that becomes part of your life. Right. You know what I mean? I loved being different. Uh, I love having the duality of like, I get where my parents are from because I've lived it. Yeah. Uh, I also embraced it in a way where I know what I hate most about it. I know what I love most about it. And I can say that same thing for where I lived and where I was at that present right. moment. I know what I loved about the U.S., but I also know what I hated about it. If, if right? you, no one's perfect. The, right. If, so if we, to travel to the present for just a moment. Yeah. 
do you feel like we are growing farther apart as people, right? I think spirits are a very unifying thing, like you mentioned with Peruvian food, perhaps, right? Yeah. Food and booze are two of the last vestiges of culture which you have to be in person to experience, right? I agree 100%. And it rallies us, which is great. Yeah. The internet does the opposite. But, like, you're traveling around. There's a question I commonly ask, but have you noticed people getting farther away from each other and less accepting? Or have, has it been the opposite? You know, it's a great question. I mean, it'd be hard for me to just sort of you know, come up with an immediate or sorry, a response that holds true and fast to, you know, part of the job is it's afforded me an opportunity to meet a lot of people from different walks of life. And I would say in general terms that, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things, the catalyst, for example, that we use most in our industry, which mm-hmm. is the internet, right? Social yeah. media, et cetera, I think does divide people. I think, you know, you can curate a conversation to a point where you're talking to everybody that's like-minded because, well, right, that's it's insular at how that point. Insular. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and to your point, so I'm, I love food, right? Yeah. And you talk about growing up, and, and I came from a family that loves to cook and cook together. And my mother was a phenomenal cook. Her sisters tasting their food as I tasting my mother's. Yeah. You know, all that stuff was very impressionable. And and I think what happens is you get to a point where you meet people, you deal with people, and you quickly realize, yes, to your point, spirits. This is a way to unify, come together, talk, yeah. let go by way of some of the some of the um, rhetoric and some of the, you know, people walk into a room or an event, a tequila event, and it, there's this sense for like, I want to learn more, but then there's also this benefit of I'm going to drink, I'm going to relax, and by way of just engaging, yeah. I will learn not only more about what's happening why we're deliberately there, but also just an ancillary like people and cultures and things that probably you didn't expect to, right? You, it makes it, not that it ever wasn't, but drinking tequila, no matter who you are, makes it okay right. to acknowledge Mexico. Right. It makes it okay Absolutely. to talk about the people, the language, the terroir, right? Right. In a way, it's this wonderful gateway drug like mezcalis. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. So, so for you, though, you're saying, I don't notice a huge difference in people because... You're around drinking with them. Of course, they're going to be. Yeah. More so open. my set with them, my my the time when I engage with them is mostly on that other side of the fence, right? Yeah. That side of like, to your point, we we have a commonality here. Nothing else may matter. Right. We may be completely on opposite ends of the political spectrum, everything else. But when it comes to why we're here in tequila and even Mexico, I might like Mexicans. I might not like Mexicans. I might like going to Cancun, right? right? right. But it's that opportunity, right? It, that it lends us to to your point, talk about the culture, acknowledge it. And it's my opportunity to say, without, you know, demystifying it, demystify it a little bit for them to understand this is what it is. This is what it's about. This is my perspective of the culture. Um, Everybody has their own lived experience and perspective and the goggles they they see through. But yeah, it is a great opportunity to do that. So for me, I suppose I focus more on that. Yeah, but do I think we're getting farther away? Absolutely. I think that... uh, you know, I think, again, yeah, eating together, breaking bread, forcing that interaction, hopefully not forcing, but having that encouraging interaction, it, encouraging sure. it yeah. in a way that's, that's healthy and that says, you know what, let down your guard, sit down. Nothing of what you think about regarding anything about anything rather than what's ha- anything other than what's happening now, which is to enjoy this food and enjoy yeah. sure this company matters. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. I think that's what we're losing most of because when you think you are on social media and you're living that moment right. virtually, you're not living the moment that's happening to you in reality, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And realism is something that, again, could be subjective, but at the end of the day, um, these are our realities, right? And right. for me, I'd rather, I'd rather have those moments, whether they're set up to be that a tequila dinner or what have you, to live and have that conviviality, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that in Mexico is very, very prevalent. It's something that very people are very conscious about. It's el convivir, no? Yeah. The to experience, to live it, to 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 feel it together. together it's that right. sense of like, you know, when you go to Mexico, so I spend a lot of time in Mexico sure. City and I have, an, I have an apartment there with a friend that I share. And when I go back, I feel like this is amazing. Um, People still in a progressive city like Mexico, okay? Yeah. Mexico City, super progressive, vibrant, rich, like electric. People still sit down to talk. Phones get put away. Yeah. Dinners last three, four hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. That is practically non-existent here. But when we have a spirited dinner, we do something like that, and we encourage people to sit down and talk for three or four hours, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, when I lead a dinner, it's not about... Um, let me just speak at you. Let me talk at you. Mm -hmm. Let me no. For me, it's about we're gonna laugh a little bit. We're gonna enjoy the tequila. Milagro will be the lubricator. Sure, of course. Like any bottle of wine would be. Yes. At a family dinner, like the label any, doesn't whatever. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters then is the catalyst and what it's intended. And what's intended is for you to just be there and enjoy and hopefully talk and hopefully. Hopefully live an experience that is memorable. Yeah. And that in summation of it all, you know, when you look back and you're 85, these are something some you recall on with, yeah, with positivity. You think, you know what? That was fun. That was cool. One of the best things about this job and what I do is, is to some, you know, oftentimes you get rewarded or acknowledged for what you know, how much you know. And that's right. flattering in itself. I've worked hard to garner that information, to learn, to, to really take it in and then be able to share it. I, I, I'm a firm believer that, that knowledge is social currency, especially sure. when it comes to bartenders and consumers. But I love the idea of just like someone going, you know what, this is great. You've, you've lived a good, you know, I want to think about the fact that we all want to live a quality life. We all right. want to have a good experience. And this should be more about people and engagement. So when I find somebody that says to me, Jaime, you, 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 it's because of you I had a great time. Mm. You made this fun. Um, I love that you know a lot. But more importantly, you know, it's how you made me feel. Right. I know it's cliche and I know it no, sounds but a little. That's but it that is. to it's me is what's yeah. rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's not the, it's no longer the, and I'm, I'm still flattered by it, but it's no longer just the, oh, I love how much you know about agave distillates. Yeah. For me, it's about... You know what, dude? Having spent this time in the room with you was fun, encouraging, and That's enlightening. That's what the reward right. really is. Yeah, yeah that, it is what the reward is. I think, I think when you're at a point in your life where you value people and what they bring uh, and the experience and you quickly realize that this is why, for example, when someone leaves your life, you mourn them. It's because of not, it's not just it's who they were. It's their presence. the fact yeah. that they're irreplaceable. That's right. You know, anyone can argue that when it comes to work and the job you do, that most of us are repl are, are replaceable. Yeah, in the function itself. But not in life. Yeah. Not in life. And I've, I've kind of, you know, segued my way. And I, one other flattering comment I've received from people who do sort of pick up on that about me when I do present and stuff is yeah. that they're like, oh, you're a very, you're a nurturer, you're a caring dude. But more importantly, like you want people to feel good. And and, and that's that's true. That's for me. Yeah. That's that's. And that's, well, that's purely egotistical of me because that really is something that I do for me. But that's bound to be the result of a very, very hardworking and compassionate family. 
It, it is. It has to be. It is. It is. Uh, the mother I speak to about that did this and sort of encouraged that passed away recently, right? Yeah. So for me, it's been, it's 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 definitely a, an homage. It's a thing of like, this is how I raised. This is what I was taught. I miss her dearly every day. But I think to myself, this is what would make her proud. And in turn, it's something that I've always valued, but I'm, that I'm far more conscientious now more than I've ever yeah. been. So. For people to pick up on that, that's absolutely flattering. It's cool to live experiences. This is what life is made of. It is a brilliant career and brilliant position. So I want to talk about, I jumped into the present, my mistake, because there's a lot of shit going on right now. So it's nice to talk it out. It actually makes me feel just a little bit better (laughs) about stuff, right? Which is important, right? Right. But I'm curious in terms of, obviously there's this recent chapter where you've worked with tequila for many years. I think you said somewhere around 15 years now. But this intermediate phase, this immediate phase. The reposado phase. The reposado phase. Yeah. You're seeing right through my tricks (laughs) here, Jaime. I'm just curious in terms of school and the collegiate career. As someone, your parents coming and migrating into the States, that's part of the American dream. So when you talk about official education, going to college, like where was that? Okay, let's pause. We'll taste the repo and let's talk about this academic pursuit or lack thereof depending what kind of guy you are (laughs) no judgment i assure you highland agave 100 percent aliskan highland we're looking at about two to four months in contact two to four american white oak whiskey salute to you salute so how did you feel about that piece being a professional being a doctor, all these rubbish careers that you're supposed to do. What was the the path for you? Where did you see yourself going? Yeah. Well, I started college. Where'd you I go? Did. Where'd you go? I didn't finish. No, that's all right. <laughs> Where did, did you start going? Uh, I started community college out in uh, Central Valley in California, yeah. and then I was about. To, and then my the plan was to transition over to San Jose State, which I did do, and I cool. did take a few classes at. What any particular focus at that point, but or just time, whatever? You know what's funny because at the time, actually, that's the better question uh, because those that know me, this will make absolute sense uh, to uh, psychology. Amazing, yeah, that's that me was too. My passion, and so really, yeah, perfect. So you know, I got talked as, out as, of it by the way. Like, yeah. As like, yeah, as 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 different as I I mean, want to come off, um, kind of sort of lays right into sort of, I guess, my perspective on life, right? Mm. Because now it all makes sense to anybody listening. Hmm. But yeah, that's, so it's like oh, people, the study of people, it's, it's engaging for me. It's, what do you, it's interesting to me. Do you like, all right, here's something I find myself doing. Tell me if you do this as well. Someone comes to you with a problem. Inevitably, people open up to us. I have a feeling people open up to you pretty, bit, pretty freely. What, when's your birthday, by the way, the date? Uh, March 28th. March 28th, okay. I'm an Aries. Yeah, yeah so it makes some sense. Do you like solving and diving in and digging into those problems and trying to I do. get them? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think exploratory self-exploration is important. I yeah. think a lot of people are are not self-aware. They're totally in not the world. self-aware. And I think what's funny about, maybe not funny, but one of the things that uh, sometimes imbibing or enjoying a cocktail will do is it'll it'll show those things, yeah. right? Um but but I think that everybody's inherently good natured for the most part. So sure. anyway, not getting into college too much, but that was that was kind of like you know what I wanted to do. You, did you could you consider that helping people? Was that a way I your get, way? Yes, yeah. absolutely. In terms of what I thought I would get out of it, it was absolutely selfish for selfish for the most part. What I mean 
by for the most part is if there's anything that was at all sort of self-serving was was that it you know it, it was of interest to I have me, a huge, yeah i have a huge dirt on my face solve. of course yeah. you know like here's the puzzle yeah, right yeah um but in the end no in the end it was about it was about helping somebody find their way yeah. or whatever that may be right just uh you know i think about life coaches now and i think you know i think i stayed on that path like i think at, at some point in life I, that's sort of where i would want it out right life coach i think having had this type of career if anything has gotten has given me a great perspective on uh the dynamic yeah that is uh people and their personalities but but that so i started out with that and i thought to myself you know this is great simultaneously simultaneously we did um uh, I did like nightlife stuff. Um, what a, like what, for instance, promoting oh, okay. that kind of thing. Were you ever DJing? Uh, I I played around with the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. formally uh, paid for no, yeah. but yeah, I, I know my way around uh, turntables. And so now it's like, now it's so now I'm I'm in that young twenty stage. This is back in San Francisco, and I'm thinking to myself, to your point, because where this is going is, what do you want to do? How do you want to apply this? Right, right at the right. time, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to do? the whole yeah. psychology thing because you got to go it's a lot of schooling you know? right it's yeah. a lot of schooling but also it was that thing so why nightlife and all that's important is because i think it all stemmed from me just loving music and wanting to go out and party and loving dance music and house music and all the stuff that i absolutely loved and it's what brought me to want to learn about it uh play it live it listen to it dance to it etc yeah and i met a lot of great people through it well it also showed me that wow jaime can you see yourself sitting in a chair talking to somebody about their problem right right um when you have i, I felt i guess i wasn't just quite there yet and yeah. although i know it would take well, it's me hard a while early to get 20s there, you're saying yeah, yeah you're thinking why would i subject myself to that i get that i'd have to learn and educate myself more in order to get to that point and then yeah. that would be my late 20s early 30s at that point but i thought to myself i'm way too much of a dynamic person and way too big of a personality right. to do that so uh, the key component here that might come to surprise to most people that most people may not know is that I started living on my own at 17. No kidding. So I left home at 17. I graduated high school, left home. So uh, real quick, was with, with, so with many people like my wife, she left home for a reason. Yes. For you, was it a contentious relationship or was yes. it just... Yeah. It was with my father for the most part, right? Yeah. It was just tough. Um, and, and by all means, I wouldn't change anything sure. because it's made me who I am. And, and I have that very fiery, very... Uh, Passionate, loving, caring, uh, nurturing, but uh, also very self-starter, um, go-getter spirit that my mom had. Yeah. And my mom, did, I remember till recently, was very upset because she always blamed my dad for a while. But I would always tell her, listen, those things happen. Right. My dad and I, since then, uh, he passed away as well. But since then, we we made up and everything was great. It was just that thing of you're young, you're rebellious. Sure. Um, Fiery. you don't see eye to eye. Yeah, you don't see eye to eye. Uh, you get to a point where you figure you're an adult and you leave. And right. so I left. Um, I left and I started my... So pursuing a, 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 a typical, uh, you know... Nine to five, Collegiate education. It. Yeah. Right. It's, it's something that I have to disclose to be quite 100% honest. And I'm feeling as though like this is what this program is about. Yeah, I hope. But so I, I needed to go out there and pursue life. Basically, yeah. and I need to sustain while doing it. Uh, and again, so I went to work. I attended school, uh, and it got to a point where um, sustaining was very important. Yeah. And schooling became, oh wait, this has to wait and be put on the back burner for now. Um, 
ironically, it's funny because I feel like money persuades a lot of people. And at that point, yeah. at a very young age, I was making very decent money. Uh, I was doing the nightlife thing, and then I was doing the day job. I was fitting school in, and then, of course, the schooling part became total back for, yeah, contribution sure. from my time. Uh, but so that starts to happen. I'm now starting to garner far more life experiences, life experiences, which I would never trade for anything. Yeah. I have to be honest with you. I think in hindsight, had I pursued that career, I would have studied for what, seven, eight years? Right. And I think to myself, what, could, what kind of life experiences would I have missed out on? That's a great point. You know, what, being a clinical psychologist, you're in the office. That's what your life, you, in, a, in a way your life it's becomes- irony. What, yeah, your yeah. life becomes other people's, people's lives. Problems. And that's what I thought. I yeah. thought, I'm gonna have my own. I'd rather create my own and Absolutely. solve them in real time and be practical about yeah. it. And have hands on than to go to work hear someone else's problems out and not able to truly sort of live out mine. Sure. And or live them out vicariously. Who wants to do that? You want to live out vicariously the fun stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, if anything, uh, but it goes back to my original point. In life, you should, this is it. This is what this should be about, right? Yeah. So that's stuff to still my mom and everyone else. Ironically, whether it was my dad and that's what got me out into the world, um, I don't regret it because in, in talking with him about the experiences I've had the life I've led, the things I've accomplished, people I've met, my dad couldn't be prouder, yeah. you know? And, and, and I remember, you know, before he passed, we talked about it and he was like, you know, I regret that our relationship was very tumultuous at first and he was going through his stuff, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I think that in turn is probably why I sought after that sort of, you know, why I felt psychology called to me, sure. right? It's having had my own experiences, my own problems, my own, but, yeah, so I, I, I think back and I said, and I think, you know what? I've experienced some great stuff that being stuck in a room or, or uh, pursuing a degree and sitting somewhere and, and again, having hypothetical things happen right. or, 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 or assessment of them uh, versus living them is different. And being who I am now, and that could be self-serving, that could be very well because of how, it, how things have transpired that I say this, but I honestly feel as though I couldn't have it any other way. I don't think so. No, I mean, so part People of this whole—we don't think so either. I yeah, think it's just—it's—it's it's who I am. It's—I'm all about like go out there, take life by the horns, right. live it, experience it. Um, well, that's like, so. Sorry. No, no. I was just—it's like being an ambassador, right? Right. People will oftentimes say, "Well, what is it?" Well, I can tell you what it is, but I can also tell you about how I exemplify it and how I live it. Right. Which is not always in line with what. An ambassador is traditionally do i hit the tick do i tick the boxes yeah absolutely uh do i educate am i you know am i proficient in in the subject matter sure um i have a passion for it does that convey sure but my passion that you sense that you that you feel that you pick up on isn't coming just from tequila and right. i couldn't say that 10 years ago when i first started out i know that now what you're experiencing is me what you're experiencing the passion you're getting is Stemming from someone who who is proud of where his parents came from, is proud of having lived that with them, is proud of knowing that I myself was marginalized and was like a kid who didn't know English and was knocked down for it. Right. And now my English is probably better than my Spanish, you know? <laughs> and, and I know this about myself and I'm okay with that. And so the experience that people have with me when they say he's passionate, he's funny, he's whatever. Yeah. I know that the summation of it all, it's everything I've experienced, everything I've lived is what you're experiencing. So I have that's to, what I'm leaving on the table. It's not right, just and the I, fact that I know tequila. In a way, it's a legacy. It is a social legacy, and you're creating these experiences. But I am curious, you know, 
go, go, go. You're traveling. You're yeah. on. Do, are you able to take that time to yourself? Do you think about starting a family? Do you have a family? All these things that are just that other side of that being public facing all the time. Right. And you would think after just this conversation, you know, those who know me know that it's, yeah, it's absolutely important to me. So why not do it? It's actually the question I'm pondering now because yeah. I don't have a family. I'd love a family. Uh, I love kids. I live vicariously through my brother who's got three amazing kids. Yeah. Um, one of which is my, uh, they're obviously all my nephews, one of them is my godson. Um, and I love them all the same. But of course, my godson is someone that's been there. He's 18. He's the oldest of the three. Uh, I love him to death. And I've learned to, you know, that's the closest experience I've had to being a father. Sure. Is mentoring, guiding, helping. Um, I can't imagine loving anybody these are someone else's kids, right? right? But and the truth is, anyone can say whether well, my nephews. Of course, I love them, but it's it's different when you kind of want to emulate that. You want that, um, and then the way we were raised, we're a very tight family. So of course, you know, inherently, of course, I love them, but like I really love these kids, yeah. and that's if that's the closest I ever come. Then so great. it's still all right. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, but I do want I do want to experience that first time. I would love to do that. Um, it's tough in this job in this career right it would have to come with some sacrifices for sure um again it's that thing of i think that what this career has afforded me and experiences i've had particularly because i again i value those things right it's for me it's not just everybody uh, puts a value or a sticker price on on different things you know sneakers sneakers hey (laughs) some people it's about the fact that i got to travel to japan and cop these the best sneakers ever right oh nice for me it's become, it used to be that, right? For me, it's become, I got to go to Austin and experience this exchange. Yeah. I got to go to Austin and live this. I'm a big art buff. I got to go to Austin and experience this museum. The fact that I've been afforded those sort of sidebar things along with my job are what are, what import, are, what are important to me now. Um, so now it's who to share it with, yeah. what to, how, to, how, to, how to, again, that conviviality, right? who to have that intimate moment with and share all these experiences with, it's absolutely the top of my mind. Um, I've had a relationship before. It's tough to endure a relationship in this type of travel. I learned a thing or two for sure. I think uh, uh, if nothing else, when you live these experiences, man, you better take something away. Otherwise, uh, it's been in vain. Can't be vain, yeah. Absolutely. Does it feel... You've got love, right? You've got your brother's kid, your godfather, which is a... Very epic kind of title, right? <laughs> I mean, does it feel like it's missing or that it's something that will surface when it Listen, surfaces? Listen, I am only been two years in single and I'm, I'm enjoying that part of it. It's not, <laughs> all right. Come on. That's I fair. feel like that's you have totally to. Again, fair. Yeah, yeah. I travel a lot. Yeah, of course. Right? So there's the upside there of uh, course. to traveling. It allows you to meet other great people uh, around the country. Other great people. Who knows? People. It might lead me to move to Austin. You never know. But so I don't, you know, I think it's something that will come in due time. Yeah. I think the to your point, back to your original point, and I think the more important question is, is what do you do to ensure that, that you have that, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of us in this industry have that significant other that we sort of share our time with, um, and maybe they work in the industry as well, and therefore it's easy for you to have that understanding of, right. you're busy, I'm busy, but we'll meet, and maybe they're both afforded the opportunity to meet in the same city and that kind of stuff. Uh, I've been blessed that uh, you know maybe that person could come with me whatever and that in itself is cool so i'm really willing and ready uh to do whatever it takes to nurture and ensure i have that uh i mean that includes you know if it means having to make a change you know what have you but so i'm at the point right now where i'm open 
we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it when it calls for an adjustment in life, then you'll that's something deal with I'll, it then, I'll, right? I'll ponder, yeah. yeah. But whether it's, you know, maybe not leaving the industry, but going internal and being more of a brand manager. Maybe it's uh, going in and managing the brand from a tactical perspective rather than being the field person all the time. Right. There's different things you can do. I love this industry to death. But, it, but you know, yeah, you know, again, that's a thing that's important. And uh, we all have different value systems and we all perhaps yeah. will scale it differently on our on our on a scale of what's important but i think we all come to those terms right we all come to the terms where where all this is great but it's only better if you're uh if you're sharing it with that's somebody right or whatever. That, right now i'm just enjoying the freedom no to be honest. understood perfect yeah i mean it, love's an important thing but it's only important if it's good if it's bad there's no oh absolutely point, right? and trust me there's toxic love that's exactly that right yeah. well so we've got the most recent chapter which involves a whole lot of tequila revisiting Jalisco going back to the roots in a sense and I think that's the perfect way to let's talk about Milagro let's talk about National Tequila Day and let's sip some of the Añejo great let's do it the maturity has set in (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I feel like you and I really are not going to the stage still but uh, it just might be me uh, avoiding no, I'm, I am in a repo stage. I think we are. I think that as a result of this chat, we're going to have to come up with some diagram that aligns to like the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Right. Are you repo? Right. And when, and, when, and when are you truly, right? You know what's funny about that? Also, we're drinking the Añejo now. 100% blue agave. Slow roasted Jaliskin agave. And uh, yeah, now we're benefiting from that time in barrel, right? Yeah. Time's steeped in barrel the experiences the experiences right uh where we as people tend to benefit from all that time and energy mm-hmm. right and this is what an añejo i think uh is suggestive of you know why i say we're still in a reposado stage because i feel like well i'll take that back because i feel like you could be 80 and probably still say that mm-hmm. right because it's that trend it's it's that middle ground and the world's talking, so vast. Right. And if we're equate right, that's the majority of your life. Right. And so if we're equating that to like the transitional stage, the learning stage, the fact is I'm still learning. Now, granted, I think that's what makes me, we all want to think we're special, right? But I think sure. that's what does make me, the lack of using the word special, it's tainted. I'm going to use the word uh, me. That's what makes me me, right? Yeah. That's what makes me me is that the fact that I feel like we're all going to grow from experiences um, but you will find people that are barely 40 and that say things like, no, no, I already know everything. I already know where I'm at. <laughs> Rubbish. Right? And when you say you're still excited, uh, you're still learning. Yeah. The response is like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I know the majority. I'd say that's borderlining on being jaded, right? Absolutely. But that's what yeah. happens. And I think part of being, transi- being in that transitional stage, that learning stage, that bulk of your life, is to be conscientious of the fact that you are still learning, yeah. you're still evolving, and you're still growing as a person. And this is why I think you and I are definitely still in that stage, right? Because when you're aware, it's that ignorance is bliss thing. Absolutely, right? yeah. But I also say that learning is painful, right? Because to grow, to learn, to know about yourself takes a lot of searching, a lot of painful things that you drudge up. But those are things that only grow and foster. Yeah. You know that evolution of who you can become the best the best the best representation of yourself that you can be and 
that's what I want to share with people when I'm out in the market and I'm dealing with folks is this is the best version of who I am right now. Right. But I expect to be better than this in five years' time, in 10 years' time. And then in contrast to that, you'll find people who are just like, this is it. And most of us see that as jaded, right? Yeah. Most of us see that as, wait, stagnation. Wait, you're stagnation. telling me you're done? No, Why you're not be done? done. Open yourself up Absolutely. to the reality. Learn a hobby. Learn a new skill. Learn a new language. Right. Right. You know, it's funny to take that for granted, but someone said to me, what's the benefit of that? Well, I started a CrossFit class. I've oh, no been kidding. working out recently. And I remember thinking, man, this because I was giving me like just a lot of great energy. And I remember thinking, not just physically, but emotionally. And I remember yeah. thinking, wow, why didn't I think of this sooner? Why didn't I do this sooner? Well, as cliche as it is, when you take on a new hobby like you mentioned, which is a great catalyst. I think that's a great point you brought up to open yourself up. Yeah. Not only does it systematically do that, but all the things that come with it are truly would get you to that point. That's right. Right? Yeah. It's the, oh, I met Mike. This is a cool cat. Mike and I are not having lunch. Mike and I are best friends now. Mike, who knows what you're going to expose Absolutely. that guy to because you took a CrossFit class together because you joined a book club. Right. Whatever the case may be, it's now about the holistic experience. It's mm -hmm. about how that got you out there. and One thing begets another and another and another. And then you become... And no, and I mean, how many of us can talk about like a person that we randomly met that impacted our lives in such a way yeah. that you're like, I can't imagine had I not stepped in that store, joined this club. Right, absolutely. Did this. It's the difference between the your life changing and not. Right. It really is that Can profound. you go into it thinking that way? No. Maybe not. No, but, but be open to it. And that's what keeps you from stagnation. And I think part of being an ambassador, part of telling stories, part of sharing your life's experiences is to constantly have them enrich your life in a way that's profound enough that you can recall them with passion, with integrity, and with, and with this, this sense of truth, right? Because people will always pick up on that. Yeah. Um, I think what makes the ambassador team I'm a, I'm a part of great is that individually, these are all good people. Absolutely. Great yeah. individuals. And what happens is the average person interacting with them, they were all average people, us interacting with each other, whether you're conscious of it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, whether it's a forefront in your brain or not, you think, you pick up on those things. You pick up on authenticity. Oh, yeah. You have, a, you have an internal dialogue, even if it's happening subconsciously, where you think to yourself, cool, I like this person, great, and here's why. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Authenticity is cool. It's, it's important and... When you're the best form of that, uh, people respect it and they appreciate it. They may not always agree with your outlook, whatever, but it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's about respect and, and acknowledging that. And that's just it. I think, like, for me, again, that's what people get when they interact with me. And I think it's important to note that we've done a great job of putting a group together that's, that's like that, right? And I think part of what makes you a great ambassador is to continuously grow mm. and learn. And let those things and those experiences seep in yeah. in a way that's going to let you then project out a personality, a sense of self that somebody may not know intimately. Somebody may not get or understand wholly, but can respect and connect to right. and think, man, that guy knows who he is. Or that guy's cool. Or, that guy made me laugh. Or again, he's a good, authentic representation of himself because Far too many people in, in this industry and really in the world who represent a commodity or a thing mm. um, tend to forget that, especially spirits. Spirits have personalities. And I think how you bring those things to life 
um, could be great all the way around, but not everybody, again, does it in a very authentic way. You know, some people, um, you know, I've had consumers tell me, you know, I went to this tequila dinner and I'm, I just felt like I was being sold to the whole time. Right. And my thought was, oh, this is a psychologist to me, right? My first thought was, well, aren't we all selling each other on something? Sure, of course. Because that's the reality yeah. of life, right? I'm a Some nice level. guy, right? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you like me, right? I mean, that's us selling each other yeah. on each other. But how you do it, how authentic it is, that's when people will forego that and not right. care about the fact that you're there to promote your brand. But rather, I like the guy. I like the way the guy did it. It was so authentic, so cool, so original. Whatever the the verbiage it was it was done in a way that i can relate to but more importantly i, I it resonated with me right yeah. and perhaps i'm giving more value than because somebody can listen to this and think yeah well you are just promoting tequila and therefore what do you mean again everyone's different but sure. for me when i tell a story it's me telling a story right. oftentimes about me and my personal experiences that come to my dinner right is milagro part of you now your personality, you know your life. It's funny because I've represented other brands before. Right. Uh, I've been doing this for 15 years. Milagro, I've been doing for eight. So almost half of that time. Yeah. Right. Or well over half of that time. And almost eight years now. And it's become, yeah, it's, I don't want to diminish, like, it's, it's become my baby. Yeah. Uh, in many ways because it's such a young brand. It's going to turn 20 next year. That's incredible. I didn't yeah. realize. And, Having represented it for almost half that, I think to myself, you know, of course you get close to your brand, of course. But what for me, why you feel, you know, when you when you phrase it in that way, why it's it's a part of me, why it's important to me, has a lot to do with not just the fact that I look after it and that I represent it, but the fact that I that I find that I, you know, in talking about like growing and always being open, I've grown with it. Right, that's right yeah. and that's is evolved as it's growing, and more people are aware of it. I helped to nurture that, and I've helped in many ways to to um, curate how it is that people see the brand, and it inherently, after a while, makes it more and more part of you, right? More and it more it, yours, yeah. your baby. You're right. You become, you know, and so, and it, and it helps that I, I, it speaks to me when it comes to obviously the culture behind it, the fact that it's Mexican. It's very important to me. Uh, I couldn't be prouder to represent a Mexican spirit. It's uh, what I have a passion for. Yeah. Uh, it's a country I feel deserves the credit and the acknowledgement and just the uh, awareness of what it's contributing, particularly right now with mezcal and more and more agave dishes you're about to see coming down the pike. I mean, we've just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. And and to know that the brand's character and um, our marketing platform is based on things that resonate with me. It only brings me further closer to the brand, right? That's amazing. The whole artistry, street artists. I'm a big, big fan of street art, um, urban art, as we call it now, right? It's, it's Banksy, man. Modern, bro. Yeah. 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 But it's, uh, but I, I love it. I love, I love that street artists put out what's inherent and cool about Mexico, even when they, when they put up a mural. So all those things really resonate with me. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it helps seems like a kind of a, Bridget. a, Kindred spirit, no pun intended, right? Yeah, it no, it does. I think, I think the thing is, a lot of us can represent a brand. Um, and, it, and inevitably, it will become your baby. Right. Uh, but you can be a parent to a kid who has a completely different outlook than you do. That's right. Right? And has a completely different direction or idea of life and where they want to take theirs. Mm. And perhaps doesn't quite resonate with you and your outlook and your perspective. 
Uh, or you can wind up with a kid, right? Who vibes spitting image you. almost, yeah. right? And maybe that's not what you want, but you want somebody that compliments you, right? That that goes out and does things on their own accord, but that speaks to your values and what you want, and hopefully, maybe what you wanted was to be this person to be outgoing and go getter, and and maybe those things are my mom. My mom consciously wanted for me, for example, mm-hmm. but I credit her with with wanting to be this person that went out there and, and found his own way in life. Yeah, uh, and I feel like. You know, that's what Milagro's doing as a brand. And so to me, it resonates in that way. It's it's not just about, yeah, so it is a kindred spirit. It's about, you know, um, if you were a person, right? If yeah. you were a person, uh, would we be friends? We'd be cool. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we would be, be great. Cool. You know, and I think that's I think that's what it is. And, and um, for every other ambassador out there that's representing a brand, this isn't a put down by any means. But uh, oftentimes, uh, the catalyst for... Or what we represent has to be the cocktail side and all that. And maybe that's what we love. And so we represent this brand. But it doesn't always mean that brand resonates with you. That's right. In the way that, um, I mean, it's not by, it's not by, I would say that it's not by um, chance or uh, accident that I represent uh, uh, an agave spirit tequila brand. I don't think it's an accident. At all. At all. Yeah. Well, so... I've got two more questions yep. for you. I know you've got some great things to do. You were at La Condesa earlier, talking about tequila. It's an amazing place, by the way. Dude, First killer, killer spot. Great yeah. food. Oh, man, yeah. it's so good. And again, great representation of Mexico and modern twist and yeah. all that stuff. Fights the cliche of what people perceive. That's Mexico right. That's like, yeah. what I love about it. Amazing place. Yeah. So one question that I ask every guest, and I'm really, really excited to see how you would answer this. So pick... A milagro or pick a mezcal, whatever you feel like drinking, and go to your favorite bar in the world, wherever that may be. And you can sit there and sip and have a conversation with anybody, living or deceased. Who would you love to get the opportunity to sit and chat and drink with? <laughs> this is funny because I feel like everyone's going to say Hemingway and all that. Right? Lots of people say Hemingway. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> so for me, I'm going to keep it super cliche in my own world um, and take it back to Mexico. And I think for me, it would be either Pancho Villa ah, yeah. uh, or it would be probably Frida Kahlo. Oh, and that'd that be in itself, crazy. I think, oh, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah. I think that could be cliche to somebody depending on, because I get it. I get it. Her art, everything else. She speaks to a lot of people and a lot of people uh, emulate sort of like her avant-garde sort of like rebellious spirit. Right. But I credit them for that. If they, if they see themselves, you know, if they see her in, them, you know, in themselves, then I get it. Um, but I think that's, so that's what it is for me. I think <laughs> to speak to Frida, I think would be interesting because it's a woman's perspective. It's Absolutely. a woman's perspective in an era uh, that was very challenging for women uh, in Mexico in many ways still is yeah. um, uh, she was rebellious she was married to an artist that Diego Rivera, was amazing. amazing so I wanted to get a yeah. perspective on him yeah. via her uh, and um, and I love her art And I, but more importantly you know, I feel like I res- she resonates with me because everything I just said and it's actually sort of coming together for me in my head now but um, it's that thing of her output was art. That's what people loved, liked her. Yeah. But why they love her was because of her, right? her right? And yeah. the experience she had and her perspective on why the art looked like the, the way it did. And although I don't put art out into the world in that way, I wish I could. Um, I feel like the legacy that I have, hopefully, with people around me that care about me 
will be about that will be about again being the best representation the most authentic sense of of who i am and self yeah. i think that's important to me and um it's not a surprise that you picked someone like Frida. No, Bala. and I want no, but I think yeah, and I think that like I think it'd be great to uh, get a perspective on you know her and somebody again. Somebody might go, "Hey, Jaime, you're great. You're great at this. You're great, well spoken when it comes to tequila. Great, I love that." But what I love that that reminds them of me or what keeps them engaged by me is is who I am as a person and my brand, if yeah. you will. Because although that's not something I'm I'm out there pursuing to necessarily exploit i uh that is what we all do that's people, amazing right yeah. whenever we talk to anyone uh you quickly get past the why we're meeting and you go into the you know would i like to meet this person that's again? exactly right yeah. i want to get out of here this is, is there great. a second I date wish, or not yeah is there a second <laughs> date or not exactly do i want to hang out further um and we're and that applies to anything platonic or otherwise. That's right? right. It's not just amorous. It's like you always ask yourselves, like, do I want to hang out with this person, that's right? right? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's that's my legacy. Is like, okay, you enjoyed it, great. I know myself, cool, cool shit. But would be you like the to dude hang- yeah. that people want to hang, hang out, out with? with. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It. that's and it. again, every bastard I think could say that, but I think uh, everyone's got their approach. Mine just happens to be a very um, hopefully not too many my my. <laughs> My coworkers hear this, but like I, uh, now people will know that I, um, it's far more, yeah, it's far more personal than I even let on yeah. sometimes. You know what I mean? I do. I it's know what you mean. far more personal. I love it, man. Yeah. And so my last question for you, because of course in the spirit of spirits and the spirit of tequila, mm. national or is it international tequila day is coming up here? It's national tequila. National Tequila oh, it Day. Should be international. Oh, fucking right, it should be international. <laughs> what do you have in store for such a day that celebrates your baby? Well, I know. Well, we're gonna definitely promote a bunch of cocktails that I created and such. Um, I don't. I'm not. I will be uh, getting over a very long tumultuous week at Tales mm-hmm. of the Cocktail. For those that don't know, it's a big, big uh, congregation of like. Uh, bartenders and spirits enthusiasts. The South by Southwest of booze. Exactly. That's what I call booze. it. It's a great way to put it. Uh, so we're activating some amazing stuff there. Prelude to uh, the National Tequila Day. Uh, so that's the focus is getting people out there to experience the brand. Yeah. Um, alongside bartenders on Thursday for my Milagro Night Market. And then, uh, and then I'm doing a bunch of activations over in uh, Fire Island in New York. Uh, and then I believe uh, National Tequila Day is on the 24th, 24th which right? is, uh, is that Monday or Tuesday? It's like a Tuesday, I That's think. It's a Tuesday at that yeah. point. So, yeah, I might just Monday, uh, yeah, go out and celebrate with a few bartenders and that kind of thing. Um, but it's all it's all prelude to that and working our way up to that that I think yeah. we're going to focus on. It's amazing, man. And I hope you, you know, it's great to have you in Austin. It's great to have you It's in great Texas. to be here. It's been forever. It's a good spot, man. It's a great city. And I, I'm really thankful and humbled that you sit and talk about life with me. It's been really brilliant getting to no, know you, No, I appreciate mate. it. Yeah, I hope you edit most of that out, but yes. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. No, of course not. Yeah, remember, uh, yeah, yeah, Tarantino. That's right. Yeah. Chili parlor, chartreuse. Yes. Just, that's the end right there, mate. That's the end. So. That's the best. I may enjoy the rest of your stay in Thank Texas, you man. Much. Hopefully we'll run into each other soon. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. Well, there we have it, national brand ambassador for Milagro Tequila, Mr. Jaime Salas, talking about lots of things I like to talk about, psychology, for one, we zipped into Tarantino and sneakers. 
I mean, what more could you ask for? And in a sense, those classes that Jaime took, those deep curiosities about psychology and thinking about how other people's minds operate, I got to kind of do that for me, you know? I went to school for psychology for quite some time, and then eventually this all kind of works out, and it's great to get to know Jaime, the man, the myth, the guy who's traveling around and actually found himself in tequila in more ways than one. So, Jaime, thank you so much, and I'm glad we get to release this wonderful conversation on National Tequila Day. It is a great day to raise a glass, take a sip, and truly enjoy the beautiful spirit coming out of Mexico. So thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many times you really like using Excel to generate projections for product revenue over the next three years, or if you're thinking, man, I really should probably put out a new record, please keep dancing.